Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomacek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flashback. Hello, Flashbackers. What's one of the most exclusive clubs in the world with locations all around the world? Are you stumped? It's the airport. That's right. It's the only place where you have to have a ticket to get in. You have to have your ID. There's security everywhere. There are people everywhere from all different kinds of backgrounds. And most importantly, they all have something in common. They're all traveling. And while we may never speak to each other while weaving in and out of the crowds as we head to our departure gate, I like the fact that each and every person at the airport has a common goal that can't be argued. We all want to get to where we want to go. I love flying and I love hanging out in airports. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of the all-nighters due to weather delays or all the uncomfortable things like the happy kid kicking my seat or the very relaxed passenger that feels at ease about leaning the chair back as far as it'll go. I like the smells that emanate from the various eateries and I like how those smells mingle together to form a menagerie of scents that include pastries, coffee, and cheeseburgers. I also like history, so I'll get on with it. Today I want to take you back in time to discover the origins of the airport in Valparaiso or Valparaiso, however you want to say it. Yes, Destin Fort Walton Beach Airport, a.k.a. VPS. Walking up on the Destin Fort Walton Beach Airport. It's a busy airport. Some of the unique things here, we have F-15 right out in front. We also have a Huey helicopter. The airport terminal we have today was not the first version of the airport. The very first passenger airport kind of happened by mistake, and much of this story has to be told along the side of the history of Eglin Air Force Base and the history and origins of the town of Valparaiso. A lot of the information I gathered came from the website BoggyFlorida.com. It's a great resource that essentially does the research for you If you want to know anything about the Niceville area, so make sure you check it out. That's BoggyFlorida.com. The origin story of VPS would probably be best to begin with a man named Robert E. Lee McCaskill and his role in the development of Valparaiso, of which our current airport is tagged with the airport code VPS. McCaskill grew up in Walton County about the time the Civil War was going on. He worked on a farm and he and his family struggled financially like many in the South and the North after the war. He worked hard on the farm, but later set out to invest in the timber industry, then later a sawmill. He used whatever he had to start acquiring land. He even sold his lumber company at one point. He set up a hotel in Freeport, and he acquired most of the land in the Niceville Valparaiso area. Now here's a guy who had the vision of how profitable real estate could be. He began advertising land opportunities in the Chicago Tribune. Here's an ad from the October 1917 edition of the Chicago Tribune where one of his ads was featured. 
Valparaiso, the Vale of Paradise, 18 miles south of Crestview in Okaloosa County, the closest point to a railway of any location on beautiful Choctahatchee Bay. Good roads being made for automobiles all the way. Launch connection with Pensacola, the metropolis of West Florida, within sound of the booming waves of the great warm Gulf of Mexico. Fishing, hunting, and rest for the weary nerves and tired mind and brain. Where to live is a pleasure and where life is prolonged. Good hotel accommodations for the tourists. I invite you, Bob McCaskill. Their prospects were toward the south. These words are as true today as in Bible times. The people of the north are weary of cold winters and hot summers and long for a land where the balmy breezes blow year-round, where there is no snow, no sleet, no cold rains, where winter is like May and June in the north country, where the grass and trees are always green, and where roses bloom at Christmas. If you have longed for such a land, it is here. Here the vines give out their resinous perfume that heals throats and lungs. The air, warm and pure from over the gulf, gives you health and strength, drives away coughs, bronchial troubles, rheumatism, and pains. Come to this beautiful vale, breathe this air, drink its water, renew your youth. Those who have been here have seen the promised land. Wow, that's quite an ad. Kind of biblical almost. And the ad worked. People from Chicago began coming down to the area and interest spread. People began responding to the newspaper ad, and those responses were also published in the paper. Take this one from June 1st, 1918, from Defuniac Springs. Mr. Robert E. Lee McCaskill, after a most careful personal inspection of your properties in western Florida, I want to say that I do not believe any statement in your booklet is overdrawn, as far as I can judge. And the climatic conditions and the utter absence of mosquitoes and swamps are very encouraging to me during my stay of two days and three nights. I certainly believe Valparaiso, properly styled Vale of Paradise, will become a very much sought-after summer and winter residential district. Now, I don't really know about what that guy is talking about, about mosquitoes, but um, he must uh, certainly uh, was pretty taken with the area. McCaskill really knew how to make things happen, too. One newspaper account has him showing a piece of property to a real estate prospector, and when no boat was on hand, he hired a hydroplane boat named the Bluebird and sent it to Pensacola from Camp Walton to pick him up and brought the guy here. And McCaskill's ambition continued, and these are the only the ones that are noted in newspaper articles. He purchased land in Crestview to be a test farm. A test farm to demonstrate how farms in sandy soil can be successful. Here's a quote from uh, the Okaloosa News Journal in 1919 that says, quote, Good crops can be grown on sandy soil, and Mr. McCaskill will demonstrate this fact. Like how people talked back then, kind of funny. McCaskill began developing acreage on the Choctahatchee Bay, the bayous, inlet, and the Gulf of Mexico waterfronts. He owned and controlled some 200,000 acres of land in Walton, Santa Rosa, Okaloosa, and Escambia counties. He started the town of Valparaiso and, according to an article, hired John B. Perrine as an advertising manager. Perrine had actually 
come upon what he called the Vale of Paradise in 1890 and later returned as McCaskill was developing property. Mr. Perrine moved from Chicago and purchased a good portion of land from McCaskill. He was the town's first mayor and built a hotel, along with developing how the town was plotted. There's a park there, Perrine Park, to this day outside of the Heritage Museum of Northwest Florida in downtown Valpy. When Perrine died, James Ellsworth Plew, a lifelong friend, according to a news article, came down and purchased much of what was considered Valparaiso at the time, over 17,000 acres. While all of this was going on, there was a lot going on in the country. The plague, yes, the bubonic plague, which arose from the fleas off the backs of rats, popped up in Pensacola in 1920. They had a little outbreak there. We also had the 19th U.S. Constitutional Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. That became law on August 26, 1920. According to BoggyFlorida.com, the first landing field, which is known now as Eglin Field, was given to the government for such a field by Mr. Bob McCaskill. Some newspaper sources also have James Plew involved in giving land to the government. Some of the newspaper articles were submitted not by reporters and possibly by family members. James Ellsworth Plew, he was a mover and shaker too. He moved here from Chicago and he is considered one of the early developers of Valpy, and he created what was known as the Valparaiso Inn. It's a Spanish-styled accommodation. Newspaper articles describe this as a haven for retired businessmen. Plew himself was a successful businessman. He had success with a towel rental business for hospitals that became huge in the Midwest. He developed the Plew bicycle seat, he was also an early used car dealer and an avid airplane enthusiast. He was one of the first passengers on the Wright Brothers airplane. He owned the first airplane in Chicago also before the year 1910. He acquired that 17,000 acres, now known as Niceville and Valpy, in 1922, and he built the inn in 24. The inn was featured in the film 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, which tells the story of the famed Doolittle Raiders who trained at Eglin Airfield. In fact, General Doolittle stayed at the inn during their training. The inn became a popular retreat for officers from Maxwell Air Force Base, and in the 1930s, a landing strip was built. Some say it was built on a golf course. Um, it seems that the road department mistakenly laid a road on Plew's property. And this road became the landing strip. And since the road was laid and was being used as a landing strip, it became necessary for a road to be built to get to the landing strip. This is according to news articles at the time. So thus, the Valparaiso Airport came into existence. In 1935, the War Department leased the airport in 460 acres from Mr. Plew, and it became the Valparaiso Bombing and Gunnery Range. In 1937, Plew donated this land to the federal government, and Eglin Field was born. Now that contradicts what we know earlier from another source. Regardless of who donated it and how that was documented, it's clear that Ms. McCaskill and Plew and Perrine had a big influence on getting this land to the Air Force and to the War Department. Plew died in 1938, and according to his wishes, his ashes were strewn from an airplane over the water, not far from his old inn. The inn subsequently changed hands in the family and eventually piqued the interest of a company that wanted to build a big high-rise condo in the early 1970s. After many heated debates in the city of Valparaiso commissioner meeting, one of them an eight-hour meeting, the commissioners blocked the high-rise by refusing to set the height variance higher, and the project was scrapped. 
The inn eventually was demolished and 39 apartments were built in its place. This should not, however, minimize Plew's contribution to the local aviation in Eglin Air Force Base. Here's an article that was read following his death where the base honored him with a plaque outside the gate. The article is marked special, meaning it was submitted to the newspaper, possibly by a family member or by the base. In a fitting ceremony, there was unveiled a plaque memorializing the late James E. Plew of Alparaiso, Florida. Embedded in the stone gate post of Eglin Field was a plaque which read, In memory of James E. Plew whose patriotism and generosity made this field possible. Immediate members of the family were present at the dedication in the persons of Mrs. James E. Plew, Mr. and Mrs. C.W. Ruckel, and Mr. and Mrs. Clifford Miggs at Walter Ruckel. In honor of the event, all business in Valparaiso ceased for the hour of the ceremony, all of whom attended the ceremony. It should be noted in this article they misspelled it. And in this article, it's spelled almost like Valparaiso. Later on in the article, it says that he owned the first airplane in the city of Chicago, which we knew, but calls it a rickety thing made of fragile wood with the motor mounted behind him with nothing below the pilot but air and ground. It goes on to say, he financed an airplane factory. He had two planes with a professional pilot. He was one of the organizers of the Illinois Aero Club with a field of its own, where all could come and experiment with this new miracle of motion. This was a nice tribute to Mr. Plew. Stepping inside the terminal. When I want to move through some other dates on the timeline of VPS. These dates are from issues of the newspaper from the Pensacola News Journal. In 1957, the Okaloosa County Air Terminal opened on Eglin Air Force Base in Building 89 with three personnel, airport manager, security, and admin support. Southern Airlines was the only airline with Douglas DC-3s direct to Atlanta via, via several stops. Passengers entered the base through the East Gate near Val-P, thus the airport code VPS. Southern later upgraded their service into the airport with 40-passenger Martin 404 prop liners before initiating the first scheduled passenger jet flights at VPS. Moving along to 1975, the James E. Plew Terminal Building of the Okaloosa Air Terminal was built with a lease with Eglin since 1972 and replaced on base airport once called the Valparaiso Airport. Also in 75, aviation officials of the Florida Public Service Commission surveyed the potential for a commuter air service to Okaloosa County Air Terminal. And in 79, the Chamber of Commerce board members looked into renaming the destination to where people buy tickets. In 79, people purchased tickets to Eglin Air Force Base, not Fort Walton Beach. Eglin probably remained the name as a holdover from the first terminal when it was located on the base before the county built the current terminal. In 1987, Eglin decided not to renew the lease with the county, which would have it expiring in 2000. Commissioners asked Congressman Earl Hutto to convince Eglin not to do this. The county had leased since 1972, and safety was cited as the top concern. An Eglin scientist said pilots would not be able to discern the difference between military and civilian aircraft. But Eglin Air Force Base said that Bob Sykes Airport in Crestview would probably be acceptable to them for commercial airlines. They said commercial flights are getting in the way of the mission. Well, we now know this obviously did not happen. The lease continued. The airport was renamed Okaloosa Regional Airport 
until 2008, then Northwest Florida Regional Airport following an expansion in 2004, and the name changed again in 2015 to the current Destin-Fort Walton Beach Airport. The airport's existence relies heavily on a good relationship with Eglin Air Force Base and a joint land-use deal. It was described as a perfect marriage between tourism and the military by County Commissioner and Airport Liaison Carolyn Ketchell in 2022. The Northwest Florida Daily News wrote an editorial about the 10-year process of gaining this deal with the Air Force. It said, quote, Ah, yes, marriages. Sometimes they don't work out as planned, but, but this time both sides were willing to compromise during the extensive negotiations. Each side gave a little, and the county gained a lot. This marriage appears to be a match made in heaven. Here is a plaque posted at the airport, and this is what it says about that relationship. The, uh, the joint use agreement is hanging on the wall here in the terminal says, in recognition of the dedicated service and extensive efforts in developing a new joint use agreement with Eglin Air Force Base, the new agreement extends the term to 2061 from the existing partnership that started in 1957 with the overall goal to provide enhanced viable civil air service to our communities while accentuating the missions of Eglin Air Force Base. Special thanks for the efforts of Lieutenant General Gordon Fornell, whose contributions have been fundamental, implicit, and critical to the, to the development of the Joint Use Agreement. The next time you walk through VPS, take a moment to reflect on the past it's had. The airport continues to grow probably well beyond what early developers in the military had in mind, and it's a constant reminder of how both civilian and military can thrive so that we can all enjoy best what we like about living in Northwest Florida. This episode was written and researched by me, Nick Tomacek. Our theme music is by Jason Shaw on audionautics.com. Thanks to voice actor Ed Vinson for his time and to James Plew and all the early developers, McCaskill, Perrine, for investing their time, land, and money to help make this area livable and welcoming to all aviators out there. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you around town.